You've opened so many ways you've made, so many times you healed me. I don't know if that's your testimony, but it's mine on this morning. So many doors you've opened, and so many ways you've made, so many times at the time you healed me, Jesus. You've been better than good to me. So doors you've opened and so many ways you made so many times you heal me you've been better than good to me anybody can say you've been better than good to me yes lord you've been better than good to me you've been better than good to me been better than good to me hallelujah hallelujah father god we just bless you on this morning we thank you that you've been better to us than we could ever be to ourselves oh god we thank you we could never repay you god if we had a thousand tongues we couldn't thank you enough for all of the grace all of your mercy all of your love and kindness that you continue to show us every day oh god i glorify your name today and i ask that the words of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight on today have your way on today oh god and we will glorify your name in jesus name come on and give god praise hallelujah hallelujah lord we thank you hallelujah thank you god Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless the praise team. Y'all bless me on this morning. Elder Hall, it's not only your testimony, but it's my testimony because you don't understand that, yes, it looks good on the outside, but God has brought me through so many things, so many doors he's opened, so many ways he's made. He's blessed my children. He's blessed my grandchildren. And he continues to bless. And I love him on today with all of my heart. And I bless him on today. I'm not going to be before you long. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a page out of Felicia Gaskin's book and I'm going to land this plane real quick. So you're going to have to get it. You're going to have to get it this morning. I'm not going to be before you long. Hallelujah. I bless God for our leaders in this ministry and safe travels to them. We are definitely praying for them. I thank God for my family, my friends, all of those that love and support and pray for me and push me, encourage me. God bless you. I love you on this morning. We have been doing a book study and even I would say like you, um, evangelist Vanessa Gilchrist, that has been an awakening, it's been a life-changing moment on these Tuesday nights, learning and understanding, really understanding, yeah, you can be spiritually mature, but yet emotionally immature. So this morning, we want to talk about, and pastors begin to talk about the shift and I, I'm grateful for the shift because with shifting, things has to change. It can't stay the same. When there's an earthquake and the earth begins to shift, it changes the way it's been. It no longer can be the same. And I'm grateful for the shift that's happening here in our ministry. So that is what I want to talk about just for a moment. Shifting from wounded to heal. And many of us, we know that we've been wounded by different things, people, experiences in our lives but God is calling us this day to shift from being wounded 
to being healed and being whole and complete in him and who he's called us to be. He didn't call us to be broken and remain broken. We can be broken by things, but he didn't say stay there. Learn from that, grow from that, mature from that, and get up and move and be the true, authentic self that God has called us to be. That's when the shift begins to happen, when it begins in us. So today, if you would go with me to Jeremiah 30, 17, that's my first scripture on this morning, Jeremiah 30, 17. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 30 and 17 says, for I will restore health to you and your wounds. I will heal, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. The second scripture, if you would go to Psalms 107, verse 20, Psalms 107 and 20. The word of God says he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So on this first slide, as I said before, my topic is about shifting from wounded to being healed. The author of the book that we have been studying on Tuesday night, Peter Siscario, says that it is impossible to be spiritually mature and be emotionally immature. So we want to talk about what that means, spiritually mature. What does that look like? Some of the attributes of this is that when you're spiritually mature, you're able to surrender to God's love. You position yourself to hear from him. Again, we're shifting. So we position our hearts and our minds to hear from God and what he's saying. When we take that time, we talked about this a little bit on last Tuesday, to dwell in that silence and solitude, cut out the noise, turn off the TV, close the door, get away from the friends and family and take that time to spend with God and hear what he's saying to you. What direction are you going in? Do we know where we're going? Have we took the time to listen to God and let him direct our path? When you're spiritually mature, you can love others. Unconditionally, not regard, regardless of what they do, who they are, what they say, what they don't do. You're able to love others. God called us to love. When you are emotionally mature, you're able to manage your feelings. You have compassion for others. Free from self Self, us, ourself, destructive patterns, things that we can't say that was the devil. No, you chose to do that. Okay, you chose to go that direction. You chose to be there. It wasn't the devil. Everything is not the devil. Okay, there are some things we got to own. Okay, there's self-destructive patterns. You're free from that. When you're emotionally mature, you can properly manage your thoughts and your feelings. And so many times that becomes some of the things that we hear a lot. Well, I didn't feel like it. Well, I felt like this was the case. And I felt like this. When we are emotionally mature, we're able to manage our feelings. You can have people that are not spiritually mature. They're not a Christian. But they know how to manage their emotions. They know how to, when they should or should not 
say this or say that. They know that. But what happens when we are spiritually mature? We are doing the will of God. We are seeking God. We're following after him. We're serving in the ministry. We're living a life that God's called us to live. However, when it comes to our emotions, Sunday, we're good. Sunday, we can shout and we can feel the spirit of God and we can live in the abundance of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. But Monday through Saturday on 485, when you're on your way to work and somebody cuts you off, where was the spirit there? Where was the spirit? There was a different spirit and it ain't God. So there has to be a connect. God's not calling us to be emotionally mature, immature and be spiritually mature. He's not calling. He wants us to be whole. He's never called us to be broken and stay and remain where we are. But he's calling us to a new level, a shift that has to begin in us. And in order for, we talk about being wounded. And on, I'm not sure if the LCD team has the slides available, but on one of the slides, slide three, it talks about the healing process. So we're going to talk about that today, okay? Because, yes, it's okay to be wounded. We all are human beings. You are going to be wounded by something. It is no way that you can go through life and not be wounded, hurt, or affected by something. That's not the problem that we're talking about today. We're talking about the process to heal and not stay wounded. Because when you're healed, there is a scar. People may be able to see that you went through some things, but guess what? That scar says, I've healed from that. I've moved, I've shifted to a new place spiritually in my life. I'm no longer being affected and allowing that wound to drive and lead me to where I should be going. I'm not being led by that, that hurt, that pain, disappointment. There is a process in the natural soul and the spirit. In the natural, the wounded process, when we go through this, there are four phases of healing. One of the phases, the first one is called homeostasis. That's the first phase when you've been wounded. The first onset of an injury, the body starts to activate its emergency repair system. There is a blood clotting system. The body has a system to immediately identify you've been wounded. Things start to happen. Cells, they start to formulate in the body to clot the blood so that you won't bleed out. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. 1 Peter and 5, 7, 5 and 7 says, Cast all your anxiety and cares on him because he cares for you. In the spirit, God has given us that first emergency activation when we've been wounded, that we cast our cares and our anxiety on him. We're trying to handle it on our own. We're trying to fix it on our own and say, no, I wasn't bothered by that. No, I didn't feel that. Yes, you did. Yes, you were hurt. Yes, you were disappointed. Yes, you were upset. We have to know that God has called us. We are emotional beings. We're not called to not experience emotions. We're going to experience those emotions. But when we do, God has given us the formula of how to move through being wounded. And our first step is knowing and honoring and recognizing that he cares and we can cast our cares on him. We can give those hurts and those pains and that disappointment to him. That's the first phase. You got to give it to him. Acknowledge that you've been hurt and wounded and give it to him. The, the second phase 
in being wounded and, and healed from that is called inflammatory. The focus there is on destroying bacteria, preparing the wound for growth of new tissue. So you've been wounded. Now I got to destroy the thing that has caused you to be wounded. I got to prepare you now for growth. You cannot prepare to grow if you first don't acknowledge that you've been wounded. And I got to get rid of that thing that has caused you to be wounded. Okay. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We must choose to let go of the old in order for growth and maturity to happen. We acknowledge that we've been wounded. Okay. We got to cast our cares on him and we got to move forward before new growth and maturity can happen in our lives. Our third phase of healing is called proliferative. It's when it fills and covers the wound. Okay. Tissue and new blood vessels are formed. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. New vessels are being formed. When there is a transforming of your mind, you no longer can operate in that wounded state. You no longer can continue to look back on that that happened previously because when you continue to focus on the past and the things that have hurt you in the past you stay in the past and God is asking us to shift we cannot still hold on to this and try to move forward into the future it don't work like that in the natural it don't work like that so I don't know why we would think it worked like that in the spirit it does not work like that therefore we will stay immature emotionally there has to be a shift you acknowledge you've been wounded. God, you give him your, you cast your cares on him. And he starts that healing process so that you can continue to walk and move forward. But there has to be a transforming in our minds because the enemy is going to continue to play in your mind and continue to repeat that same hurt over and over again. And we wonder why we continue to react the way we do. Whatever that situation was, when I see you again, all over again, that wound is just open right back up again. I'm experiencing all those emotions all over again. So do we think that this is the God that we serve that causes us to continue to open that wound, continue to open that hurt, continue to never heal? That's not what God called. That's not what his word says. He's called us to be healed, to be whole, and to be new in him. The last phase of healing, maturation, this is when new tissue slowly remodels. So there's a shifting, there's a change. Matures, gains strength and flexibility. Luke 10 and 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Now that you have in this maturation, meaning maturity, God has called us to walk upright before him and be mature in that healing process. As we go through that process, he's called us to be renewed, to have strength in him. Amen. In this next slide four, sometimes that might sound great and good. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. But sometimes it's hard to let it go. 
Sometimes it's going to take some deep, as we said with the women's shut-in, some things only come out through fasting and praying. Sometimes you got to go deep to root out the things that the enemy continues to plant. We talked about that iceberg where you see the above the surface, but there are things that over time, over the years, have created this huge iceberg that's underneath the water that you don't want to deal with. You don't want to deal with those things that are deeply rooted. Those hurts and those pains and those disappointments, you don't want to deal with that, so you keep it covered up. But guess what? It doesn't go away. There's a process called debridement. I remember when my father was in the nursing home and anybody have had anyone in the nursing home, when they lay in the bed so long, their body begins to break down. The skin begins to break down. It can cause sores. And sometimes they have to go in and clean those things out in order for new cells and growth and healing to take place because they've stayed there so long. That's where some of us are. We stay right there in that mess. We stay right there in stuck in things that God said, nah, that's not what I have for you. But you continue to stay right there in that thing that's not helping you, but it's breaking you down. Every day that you continue to stay there, it's breaking you down and you continue to act and react the same way. But God said, I got a process for you. It ain't going to be easy, but you're going to be healed after this. We have to be willing to go through the process. When you go through this process, the medical terminology says and definition says the medical removal of dead, damaged, and, or infected tissue to improve the healing potential of the remaining healthy tissue. There's some remaining healthy part. But if you don't get rid of that dead, then the rest of it is going to be contaminated as well. So we got to get rid of the dead things. Some things are deeply rooted in our lives. I've always done it like this. This is just the way I am. My mom said, I act just like my dad. You know, you act just like your dad. You lazy, just like your dad. So we take those things on and continue to be deeply rooted. And you allow the things of life to dictate who you are. And it becomes deeply rooted in our lives and our makeup. And we wonder why I continue to act the way that I do. I continue to react to situations the way that I do. Change and shift has to take place today in us. I'm looking at a group of people today who's ready for change, who's ready for God to do a new thing in them. We can't stay the way that we've been. If nobody has noticed, when COVID came around, 2020 was life-changing. If anything, we should see that we no longer can stay the way that we've been. It has to be a shift. There has to be a change. We're seeing more and more people angry and just confused and just mad. And you don't even know why they mad. They don't know why they mad. Just angry. God is calling us to shift. We no longer can handle situations the same way we've always done it. Whether in the church or out of the church, we have to let that start in us first. I had a friend that always used to tell me, when we know better, you do better. So today we know better. So we're going to do better. Amen. You will have to put in the extra work. Like I said, if it's deep, some things are deeply rooted. You're going to have to put in the work, the time, the silence away from everything else to seek the face of God. Matthew 17 and 21 says, but this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The word tells us that there are some things that we just 
on our own. We're not going to get through and over it. We're going to have to ask God to take that time to spend with him and seek his face and, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in where you should go. Slide five says change is necessary. There is a shifting in order for shifting to happen. It changes things doesn't stay the same there's no way you can shift when you're on an airplane you put your luggage overhead close the compartment down plane takes off when it lands when you open that compartment he said you know be careful because it's shifted there's change that happened it doesn't stay the same it can't stay the same so when we're talking about shifting in us we have to know that there's the change we have to accept that there's going to be a change that has to happen there's a quote by Viktor Frankl that says, when we no longer, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Every situation you may not be able to change. You can't change the fact that your father was an alcoholic and you came up in an abusive uh, family seeing your father being an alcoholic. You can't change that situation, but you can change you. You can change the way that you react. You can change the way that you look at life and treat other people and not use that as an excuse. That's just the way I am. That's what I was used to. That's what I grew up seeing. Okay. We know we, we, we acknowledge that, but we don't have to allow the situations and the circumstances of our past to dictate who we are. Amen. How do we first allow change to take place in us if we are not open to the change? What happens when we have become comfortable with ourselves and the way we react to situations and others? When we're not willing to acknowledge that we need to change, there will not be any change. We first got to say, God, I need you to change me. Change the way that I act, change the way, it's not them. You cannot hold yourself accountable on based on what other people think or what they say or what they do. That is not our responsibility. We can only be responsible for ourselves. We have to want the change first. Let the change begin in us first. First, it has to begin in our minds and the way that we think. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may test and discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable. In the mental health field, we deal, majority of the things that we deal with is in the mind. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh so, the mind is very powerful. We have to understand what we put in our mind, whether it's music, whether it's what we listen to, who we are around, what we hear, affects the way that we act and the way that we react, the way that we think. We have to change our mind. It has to begin in our mind. Change is necessary, but it is a choice. God will never force us to change. He gives us free will to choose. He say, choose ye this day whom you will serve. He gives a choice. We have a choice in whatever direction we go. You can say, well, you know, they, you know, I was pressured into doing this. You had a choice. You could have chose not to go that direction, but you know, well, all my friends was going over here to do it. You have a choice. We have a choice. James 4 and 17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do 
fails to do it, for him it is sin. He gives us a choice. And the third part of change is we have to put God first in everything. Every choice that we make, we have to honor him. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, whatever it is, whatever business adventure, whatever you ready to get married, you're ready to go to college, you're ready to take this test before school, you're ready to take a new job, whatever it is, God, help me, lead me, guide me, direct my path. We have to acknowledge him in all our ways that he'll lead and guide us. The last slide, slide six says change must happen. One of the things, one of the people that you see in the Bible that talks about change is Peter. In John 1 and 40, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translates to Peter. So where he was, when he saw Peter, which was known as Simon, he changed his name. And he didn't change it based on where he was right then when he met him. But he changed his name on where he was going to be, where God was calling him to be. I call you Peter. Matthew 16 and 18 says, and I tell you that you, Peter... On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's called us past what others have called us. He changes our name. Yes, I'm Patricia to my mom, my dad, my family and friends, but God calls me. He changes my name. He changes my direction. He changes who I am. He's called us to change. We no longer are the same. We are no longer the past what people have label us as or kept us down you are this you are that you're not worthy you're not this you'll never be this God has called us to greatness God has called us to change another thing that happened was God changed his perspective he changed Peter's view of what Peter thought he should have been doing in Luke 5 and 4 and I'm not going to read the whole passage of scripture but the story talks about when he, Peter was out fishing in the water with the ones that was with him and they couldn't catch anything, they came in, they was tired, came back, Jesus approached him and said, okay, let's go back out. Peter said, Lord Jesus, come on now. I'm tired, I've been fishing out. Really? We've been fishing all night, ain't nothing out there. There's nothing out there. His perspective is, there's nothing there. There's nothing. I tried it, knocked on several doors, tried to get the business, it ain't there. God said, let's go back. Try again. Okay, Lord. You said it. We'll do it. And then when he went back out, on, in verse 6, he says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break and overflow more than you could ever imagine. Out of obedience is better than sacrifice. Peter, because you were obedient, I'm going to bless you. You didn't believe but out of obedience, I'm going to show you what I can do for you in your life. What did he do? When Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Lord, go away from me. I'm not even worthy 
I'm a sinful man. You would do this for me? For all he and his companions were astonished of the catch of the fish they had taken, so, so were James and John, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and left and followed him. So what did Peter do? He first acknowledged, Lord, I acknowledge my fault. I'll, I'm not right. You, you were right. But in spite of, that's the God we serve. We, we're not right all the time where we're supposed to be. But I'm grateful to God that he don't look at that. He don't just stop right there, but he still sees my needs. And he still calls me out of the mess. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Out of the mess, he still calls and says, I can use you for greatness. You don't see it. You don't see how I'm using you, how I'm going to use you to draw thousands and millions of people. Your ministry, your gift that I put in you, it's going to reach the masses. You don't see it because you're looking here and now. I'm not looking at this right here. You see it is messed up. It's not what you think it is. Looks good on the outside, but it's messed up on the inside. But God said, I can use you. If you're obedient and you're willing to change, change your heart, change your mind to me and follow me, I will show you great things that I can do in your life. And that's what God is calling us for today. If we're willing, if our hearts and minds are willing to God that you can use me. That I have to change and it has to start in me. We understand that we all have been wounded by our past. We have allowed this to influence the way we deal with life. And the way we express our emotions. However, the emotions we feel is not the problem. We are emotional beings. We should have. God created us to have emotions. That's not the problem. You ask what's the problem? Thank you, I'll tell you. The problem is when we don't allow God to teach us how to deal with those emotions. It's not the fact that we're going to have them. How do we deal with them? We don't ask God to help us. He teach us how. When we don't allow God to change us, instead, we allow the world to change us. Somebody is going to change us. Either the world is going to influence us to the point where we change and conform to things that the world says is acceptable and you know good well is not. The way we react to people, the way we deal with people, it's not in the love of God. But the world says, if somebody says something to you that's not right, that's the way you should. You should cuss them out and tell them off. If your food is cold and they act like they don't know what they're doing, you should cuss them out. That's the way you should deal with it. That's what the world says. So we conform to those things. But when you know better, you do better. When God has called us to do better, then we have to do better. When he's called us to change we have to change. Now is the time, not tomorrow. Maybe I'll look and see if I need to change. We have to change today, our hearts and our minds. The last slide, I would love to encourage you either via our Facebook page or either here Tuesday nights live in the cafe. If you desire to change your life, if you desire to change the way that you live and the way that you react, if you want to know what is going on with why I keep acting the way that I do, why is that this situation continues to affect me the way that it does, when we peel back those layers and start to dig down deep into the things that have been so deeply rooted, 
That's where God wants to work. Not that surface that you think people see. He wants to deal with the things that have been deeply rooted that we wanted to sweep under the carpet and not deal with because it's pain, it's hurtful. But those are the things we got to uproot because the enemy wants you to think, oh, you know, if you start talking about this, you start dealing with that, oh, it's going to bring up all emotions. Okay, yes, those emotions God is going to teach me how to deal with the right way. No longer do I have to stay in that place, but I can change my mind. I can change my heart and I can change my direction. If I change my direction, then I can change the way that I affect the world. What God has called us to do. So I encourage you on Tuesday night, as we look into the, this coming Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about going back in order to move forward. There are some things we got to go back and look at, uncover in order for you to move forward, in order for you to move forward into that change where God has called us to change. We got to look back. We got to go back. So I encourage you today to acknowledge God, to ask God and ask him to change. Let it begin in us. Let it begin in me, God. Let it begin in my mind. Show me, oh God, the things that I've hidden away that I didn't think I wanted to ever deal with again. But I can't continue to act and react and live the way that I've been. I cannot allow this person to continue to take me there. And I feel like it's okay. That's acceptable. He hurt you. She hurt you. So you should act like that. No. We got to grow. We got to go. And we got to do the will of God. And we can't do that when we still hold on to those things of the past. That's hurt. The things that have continued to break us down. Some things need to be debrided. Some things have to be uprooted for healing, complete healing to take place. That starts today. We will no longer make excuses for it. We are adults. We are grown. We know. And I'm not talking about an age. I'm talking about a knowledge. God has given us the word for some of us. It's been a long time we've been hearing the word, but have we been living the word? The word is life. The word comes to correct the things that are wrong, but we got to be open and willing to it. God will not force himself on us, but we got to be open and willing to that change. And it's going to start in us. It's going to start in us. We are a great creature that God has called us. We no longer have to walk in the things of the past. We no longer have to hold on to those things when God has made us free. I don't know about you, but there are some things that I will let go of and I will not continue to walk in those things because I want God to move in my life like never. I want to be amazed. I want to be surprised. Lord Jesus, I never thought that that would be the case. There are people that God is calling me to reach. I cannot have the same mentality and ha handle things the same way that it's been thinking the same way I've been thinking. My mind has to be changed.